Lafferty Motorsports. Chris Lafferty is set to join us in just a few moments from right now. We will talk to one of NASCAR's own Renaissance men in just a few moments with a variety of topics to cover. Plus, we'll have our news and notes segment as well as our Ask David segment at the end of today's show. But before we get to any of that, as always, we are presented by our friends at Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came on board as the primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang. And we want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket market res ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get their tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck Series race throughout the season. For more, log on to TicketSmarter.com. That's TicketSmarter.com as you want to ticket smarter, not harder. David Starr joins us right now. David, fresh off a visit to Martinsville this weekend. Tell us how things work. Man, what a great racetrack. Uh, man, I've been racing there forever. It's one of my favorite. I mean, it just goes back to where we all come from. Short tracks, Saturday night features, under the lights, a lot of beating and banging, but man, what a what an awesome facility. Martinsville has lights now. Uh, Martinsville did not disappoint. Again, the Xfinity race was over the top. It was nuts, crazy. Uh, it was a great weekend of racing. Yeah, and uh, Dominic Oregon from the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dom, it was the weekend of William Byron. Yes, the weekend of William Byron and our first repeat winner in the NASCAR Cup Series in 2022. We've got more to that later, but we have our first repeat winner. Hendrick Motorsports looking like the cream of the crop in 2022 thus far. Yeah, uh, certainly so. Uh, and William Byron getting the second win of the year. And David, when it comes to William Byron, this is a guy that has gotten better every single year. He, he races so consistent. He doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes and runs up front. It was only a matter of time before we'd be talking about William Byron having multiple wins in a Cup Series season. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, William Byron, so, I mean, the, you know, just driving for Hendrick Motorsports, you know, anybody that's ever driving for Hendrick Motorsports, yeah, I mean, obviously you're the best. You're on top of your game. Just Rick Hendrick don't hire you. He only hires the best, and William Byron has just been a phenomenal driver over the years. And 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 to be with an organization like Hendricks, uh, and Tyler, you said it best. He just gets better and better year after year. I think week after week, especially with this new next gen race car, uh, they got it figured out. They're consistently in the top ten up near the front with all the Hendrick cars. And uh, man, he put on a show. Uh, Thursday night uh, at the uh, at the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, he put on a show for the fans. He was the class of the field, and then to back that up in the Cup Series, the Cup race on Sunday on Saturday night was just really impressive. And uh, you know, William Byron is is you know you just can't say enough about the kid. He's pretty pretty awesome, pretty hot driver right now. Dominic, uh, I would say that of William Byron's wins so far in his career. That was the most impressive. I mean, he dominated Mighty. this race from start to finish. I mean, it's one thing winning on 
a you know a plate track and such. But the yeah. fact that he was able to do what he did uh, on a short no, track, leading as many laps as he did, that was impressive. It's, oh, it's big right. time, Tyler. And with the fact that you see while William Byron over overtake his teammate with Chase Elliott and Hendrick Motorsports showed the dominance. They led the way at Martinsville Speedway, but when it came down to it at the end, William Byron showed the speed and the muscle, and he's able to hold off a past champion and Joey Logano for that win. I, I was impressed. I think if, if there were a lot of people that weren't impressed with William Byron, already, already, what he's done already in 2022, it's super impressive. Going on the back door. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, before we uh, bring in our uh, our guest, Chris Lafferty, here in just a moment, uh, David, uh, on the Xfinity side, I, I want to ask you to weigh in here. Brandon Jones gets the win, but he wasn't necessarily the story of the race. The two young guys, Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer, with a little scuffle there. Ty Gibbs doesn't take off the helmets, and uh, he got a little fine by NASCAR there. What'd you make of uh, the exchange between those two young guys? Man, you just hey, when you talk about you know uh, the Gibbs kid and, and uh, Sam Mayer, Sam, you know, I mean, you're just talking about a lot of passion. Everybody in the Xfinity race, I mean, everybody was racing hard or all fighting for the same piece of real estate. Obviously, I was meant, you know, my ticket smarter Ford Mustang. I was digging hard. Uh, I was a lap down. Uh, Jason Miller, my crew chief, we couldn't get our Ford Mustang to rotate as good as we wanted to. But, uh, but man, we fought the whole race. But the whole entire race, there was action going on, people beating and banging, moving people out of the way. And then when it came down to the end, I mean, I think with, with, four or five laps to go. We had a red on the restart, the whole, you know, going into turn one. I think the whole front straightaway was blocked. It was nuts. It was crazy. But, uh, <laughs> but man, you know, uh, Ty Gibbs and, and uh, uh, Sam was uh, – Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer. I mean, these guys are going for the win, you know what I mean? And, uh, man, when there's two, two, one lap to go, I mean, it was – they laid it all out there on the line. And, uh, you know, when you see scuffles and fights break out on pit road – you know, just judging from my past, it's just passion. You know, everybody's passionate and they're mad, frustrated. And, uh, man, you just see a lot of passion. Everybody wants to win and there can only be one winner. Uh, but, Tyler, you brought up, you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, somebody gets to you before you have a chance to take your helmet off. Uh, you know, for me personally, I, uh, you know, I've been in some scuffles where, fights where I didn't even have a chance to take my helmet off. Uh, and, and look back on it, I wish I would have, but, you know, it's just uh, one of those situations, you know, that happens, and, uh, you know, uh, Todd Gibbs was unable to take his helmet off, you know what I mean, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he's, he's getting ripped up, you know, he's, he's getting a lot, it's taking a lot of, you know, criticism for it, but uh, I don't know if the guy had enough time to get his helmet off when all the action started happening, but, you know, it's hard to say, really, if you're not in that situation, you know what I mean? Like I said, I was busy fighting for every position I can get. And, uh, you know, and at the end of the race was over with, I wasn't around them. So I didn't really understand or see the whole thing, but, you know, my take, I'd rather have my head on my helmet off and just man to man with whoever I got an issue with. But, uh, you know, but time may not, may not have had that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Very so, good point. Yeah. But uh, certainly was exciting, and uh, those two young guys are going to be around for a long time. It won't <laughs> be the last that they see of each other, no. uh, that's for sure. Dominic, uh, before we bring in our guest tonight, uh, Chris Lafferty, tell us about Chris. Uh, he's got quite the background in a, a number of things. Oh, he certainly does. You, you talk about somebody that can just gracefully bounce from 
professional profession to another professional profession. That's Chris, somebody that he got his start in California, moved out to North Carolina to, to pursue his career in racing. He's running the ARCA series as well as the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series, has hosted TV and radio shows, and has a music background as well. Chris, thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Go Racing. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, man, we're doing great, man. It looks right. like you're having some fun out there. Where, where are you at again? Tell us. Man, I'm I'm in Nashville. I'm down at a, a little music venue in Nashville with uh, some friends of mine, uh, you know, hang, hanging out on the bus. They're on stage right now doing their thing. And uh, I'm just sitting here dreaming up uh, my next uh, project to, to take on. That's awesome. You've had a lot of fun projects to work on over the years, and certainly racing has been a big part of that. So, Man, take us back to the beginning. One of the cool things we love to, to find out on this show is where everybody's background started. So take us back to where it all started and what sparked that interest in motorsports for you. Man, I, I got to tell you. So so the what sparked the interest, NASCAR engine builder, Tony Santanacola. You know, that dude uh, grew up idolizing that guy. I grew up in, in the Bay Area in California, the San Francisco Bay Area. And I knew one of two things was going to happen in my, in my life. I was either going to move to Hollywood to be an actor or I was moving to North Carolina to, to be, uh, be a NASCAR. And I chased the NASCAR thing. You know, I, I moved to North Carolina with literally a pistol in my pocket and a pocket of money. And I was like, look, this is, this is all I need to negotiate. I had everything that I needed and everything I just, just fought for, man. You know, it, it was, uh, um, you know, started homeless and, and the rest is history as they say, you know, so made it to North Carolina. I was just, I was just really too dumb to know that, that I couldn't do it. And so every day I just, just pushed, uh, push to make it to the next, next step, you know? Well, Chris, it's 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 impressive, buddy. I, I raced to get you for years. You're a damn good race car driver. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I never really knew how it all started for you. But for a guy from California that had a dream and had a pistol and a pocket full of money, hell, dude, there's millions of people all over the world would have loved to have been in, in, in your shoes, man. Uh, man, you know, I, I meet people, drivers all over the United States that would love to have an opportunity to race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series like you did for as long as you did. And uh, they never get that opportunity, man, for, for you to come from hum humble beginnings, not only race as a professional race car driver in NASCAR, but to own your own racing team and all you had it was a pocket full of money and a pistol, dude. That, that's amazing. That's phenomenal. And, and one heck of a story, you know. And, uh, man, you did it all. I remember, I mean, you, you drove your truck and trailer. You built your race truck. You built your motors. You and your wife, man, y'all, uh, man, what a journey it was. But what a major accomplishment you might not have won a race and got the trophy and drove into victory lane, dude, but, man, you you won just being there and accomplishing that dream because dreams are hard to uh, are hard to accomplish, and, and you did it, dude. That's amazing. Well, man, I, I you know, coming, coming from you, David, I mean, you know, when that, that means the world to me, you know, because I, you know, I think of you as a friend. I think of you as when I came into the series, you know, I – 
I knew who David Starr was. I was like, man, I may never be as good looking as that guy is, but, <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to keep showing up. And, and I'll tell you this, man, you know, uh, nobody wants to be in my shoes simply because it was the path was too damn hard. You know, it, it was, it was such a struggle. It, it was, it was very difficult. And, and that's one of the things that, um, you know, so many people get to see, you know, it's like you said, you didn't know the backstory and so many people, they, they see me in my perfectly tailored, uh, fire suit, you know, my butt's looking great, you know, moneymaker like this, you know, and they're <laughs> like, man, that guy must've come from money, but just doesn't, you know, but, but it's, it was a tough, it was a tough uphill climb and it was just passion, desire, uh, that, that, that got there. So, so yeah, so yeah, I never made it to victory lane in a, in a truck race, but for me, I, I got to do something that I should not have been able to. I mean, dude, like I got to race with you, David, you know, and, and, and the, the Ron Horner day, the Kyle Bush, you know, all the, the names that I go, man, that was cool because I'm just a blue collar guy who, who just hustled, man. I just hustled. And man, that's, that, it, it's just a, a, awesome story you know what i mean it just uh man it's it's what it's all about somebody's got a dream and passion and, and a lot of desire and a lot of want to to be able to race as a professional race car driver build your own racing team and just everything you did i mean you know i mean obviously kyle bush and horner days and kevin harvick and just you know seeing dale earnhardt at the racetrack uh you know when I first started, I mean, just, you know, meeting Richard Petty and A.J. Foyt, doing everything that a guy like you and a guy like me got to do is just yeah. phenomenal. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I meet families and kids and young girls that, man, what do we got to do? You know, we want to be a NASCAR. That's all I think about, you know, I've been racing 10 years, eight years, and, you know, and, and, and race car drivers around the country that are just extremely, extremely great drivers that will maybe never get that opportunity that you had and that you created, you know, and, and to be able to uh, be a professional as long as you were, is just, man, it's the story's incredible. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and you're a great race car driver. I mean, I think if you'd have been driving the same truck that I had, or maybe Ron Hornaday or all the guys that were winning back then, if you'd have had that same equipment, you would have been, you would have been in victory lane as well. But the story of all the beginnings and how it all worked and the sacrifices uh, that nobody understands and probably won't, won't ever understand uh, is, is man, you're a winner, dude. You might not have pulled into victory lane, but, but, Dude, you, you walk around these days, you're a winner, you know, not just in what you do and how you did it, just in life, man, you know, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. And it's funny, you, you brought up Ron Hornaday, and he, he came to me, he said the same thing. He said, hey, Chris, keep your head up, because it, if you were, he said, if you were in my truck, you'd be amazed with the racer you'd be. And I responded with, I said, so, Ron, is that an invitation to race your truck? Because, man, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, and, yeah. and the best thing that he could do, uh, you know, I, I did feel, I did feel a little cheated by Ron. Uh, I went over to his house, had, had some drinks. I slept on the famous, the famous couch that, 
Harvick and Jimmy Johnson and, you know, turn them into superstars that, that the Hall of Fame wants this couch. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sleep on that couch. I fell asleep on it. And it didn't work for me, so I was like, I was like, man, Did you sleep on that couch? Well, I, I mean, year early on, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I think I, I stayed at Ron's house a couple nights, you know, long, long, long time ago, you know, and I slept on a couch, and I don't even know if it was the same couch that you're talking about, but, uh, but, but, man, you know, everybody has their story, everybody has their path, and uh, and I want you to know that, uh, you know. Uh, there's a lot of people that would have loved to have had the same journey and story and passion and desire and to succeed like Chris Lafferty did. So, man, you uh, you got nothing to be ashamed of, dude. You made a living racing NASCAR, and mm -hmm. uh, it, it don't get much better than that. You know what I mean? No, man, I, I'm, I'm totally blessed. You know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, I just – every day I woke up, I was like, man, how do I be David Starr? And that's, that's what I kept pushing towards. But, you know, all, all joking aside, you know, I've often told people, I'm like, look, if, if I was to have made it as a, an A-list guy or, you know, that, that next rung up, um, it, I may not have done things outside of racing that, that I'm equally as proud of with, with TV, radio, now the music industry, because it, it's, you know, uh, when you've got hunger to do stuff, um, you know, wherever you meet a roadblock in one place, you got to turn and pivot and, and go, uh, go into a different place. So I sit back and I'm like, man, I'm blessed. I'm like, uh, I've gotten to do a lot of cool things in other areas that, that uh, I'm living the dream, man. I got no, no complaints. Dude, I'm, I'm just sitting here, man. I, I just know you as a professional freaking race car driver that was damn good. <laughs> How did, man, you got to tell us the story, man. How country music? Hell, I didn't even know that you was a singer or if, or you were in the music business. And here you are, man, in Nashville. You've been in this business for a long time, man. Enlighten us, dude. Tell us all about that, man. You, what a what a story, dude. You went from, I mean, hell. Tyler, can you sing? I can actually. Well, hell, I can. <laughs> Dominic probably can't sing, but. There's oh, I can, uh, I can play drums. I've played drums oh, in a band for nine years, but that's it. I can't sing for crap. Well, Chris, I, tell us. Hey, tell man, us, you're hired. Tell us what's you, going you get a drummer, on. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so so here's the thing. So so towards, I've, I've always had a passion for music, you know, and, and that's part of the reason. Uh, a, a lot of people know that me and Sam Bass, the, the first officially licensed NASCAR artist, he, he and I were best friends. And the, part of the reason we were best friends is our passion for music. And so when I wasn't racing, oftentimes what I was doing is, is the band that I was singing in, we would play at NASCAR tracks or local venues and, because it was just a passion that I had to, to sing. And so, you know, in the mix of racing and, you know, struggling to race, I put out a, uh, an, an album under my, uh, with my rock group and the rock group was called 89 Reasons. You know, I drove the 89 truck and the <laughs> band was called 89 Reasons. And, and the reason for that is, you know, 89 reasons to me, and not to get all like teary and philosophical, the number 89 to me was about struggle, uh, overcoming adversity, busting your butt to make it. And so I've got 89 reasons that, that I chase everything in life. And so the, the music, you know, I personally got the same high from 
driving race cars as I do uh, to getting on stage and singing. And so when I stepped away from racing, I went on went out onto the road touring with uh, with some you know reasonably well-known bands. Uh, uh, the first band that we toured nationally with was a band called Saving Able, which, uh, you know, they, they've done some stuff in NASCAR and, and they're a Southern rock type of a group, became very close with them. And I saw that, I saw that I wanted to put some focus in the music industry, but music is just like racing. You can throw every nickel at it and not get a whole lot of traction. So, I learned the hard way that I needed to make the business work. And so what I did is I invested in tour buses, which is part of the reason that I'm on a tour bus right now. This is That's awesome. This dude. is a the tour bus. And so my my business, the business side uh is I provide bands with uh when it's not my band, I provide bands with tour buses when they go on tour. And so my client list includes, I don't know what kind of music you guys listen to, but uh, the rock band Saliva, Click Click Boom, that's, that is uh, one of my customers. Uh, the Mozart of the guitar, Ingve Malmsteam, uh, he's one of, one of my clients. And uh, the, the band that I'm actually on their bus right now is uh, the music of Cream. You remember Cream, uh, Eric Clapton and uh, yeah. Ginger Baker? Well, man, this is a cool thing. They're relatives so eric clapton's nephew and ginger baker's son are, have come together to to do this band featuring eric clapton's music and the music of cream and that's why i'm in nashville uh visiting with them and so you know the, the music is just so ingrained in me and so now um my next endeavor in music i'm working on a country album because look man i'm I'm 44, man. I'm, I'm getting older. I still got my good looks, as you can see. Uh, but but it's, it's one of those things that I'm like, um, the, the country music is coming very natural for me. It feels right. I've got the scars that, that goes with the country music. And so, uh, you know, part of the visit to Nashville is to work on this country album. That's incredible. And, you know, you know we're usually, Chris, on this show – asking people who their influences were in racing and such. But I want to know, who are your, some of your favorite artists in, in the music world? Who are some of those maybe past or present such that come to mind? Who are your inspirations there? All right, so here's the thing. So I, I've actually got a song out. It's called Rockstar. And, and it chronicles... It chronicles some of my music influences, you know, and, uh, you know, everything from from Buddy Holly, the Beatles, Elvis, you know, Marvin Gaye, um, you know, Dimebag Daryl from Pantera, you know, uh, uh, Papa Roach. Um, I mean, I could go down the list of everything from from, you know, the, the classical inspiration to the the modern rock guys, you know, and all the rock gods in the middle. So it's. It's one of those things that, man, music just, uh, music does it for me, man. Dude, that's amazing, man. <laughs> wow. You, you, man, you mentioned some, some superstars there. Wow. So, so Chris, man, uh, you know, it's ironic you talk about Sam, Sam Bass because years ago, I mean, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, NASCAR called me and asked me if I'd go to Nashville and yeah. uh, to do a, uh, yeah, what do they call them when they send a couple drivers to Nashville, uh, to any 
venue where you're going to race in a month and uh yeah it's like the marketing and promo stuff ab yeah, media tour yeah yeah so sam it. sam had uh i guess the trophy for the nashville speed super speedway was a guitar and i guess he designed it you know with the first time we ever went to nashville uh the new nashville super speedway and We've been racing at the Nashville Fairgrounds. I remember running there in 97 or 98, 99, and then they built the new speedway there. But I think Sam Bass had, all, had always designed the trophy, which was a Gibson guitar. And uh, so I went, and Sam Bass was there, and, and he was showing the media what the guitar was, was going to – was you know, the, his design on that guitar – uh, and uh, also met a guy, Sam introduced me to Scott Bachetta. Uh, yeah. And Scott, you know, I've known Scott for years. And I said, Scott, what are you, what are you doing here, man? He said, dude, I, you know, I'm supplying the entertainment. I guess at the time he had a show on, uh, I think it was uh, NT, uh, TNN, TNT. whatever it was. Yeah. And it was a duo. I guess these duos came in there. And, and I guess if you won this show on television, this duo contest, he signed you to a record deal. So he said, hey, I brought our three finalists. You know, I had no clue what he was talking about. I, and I asked him, I said, what do you mean finalists? And I didn't know you was in the music business. And, man, I, I've known this guy for three, four years. I guess we never sat down and talked about what he did, you know, and he explained to right. me that he owned a, uh, a record label, Big Machine Records, and uh, he had Tim McGraw and, and uh, I mean, you know all of them. I mean, this is all yeah. the greats, Taylor Swift, and, you know, I was, like, blown away. I knew this guy forever, but we just, we talked about racing at the racetrack when I seen him. We didn't really talk about, hey, man, what do you do to make a living and this and that. And, uh, but man, it was cool to be there with Sam. I got to really, uh, 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 build my relationship with Sam Bass and dude, it's cool to hear that he was one of your best friends, but what a great guy he was. And, and obviously in our industry of NASCAR racing, I mean, he was the guy he designed Jeff Gordon's car, Dale Earnhardt seniors cars, all the paintings and just the, the greatness he was and in, in, in the artistry that he was and what he did made a huge impact in our industry. And it was really cool to hear you talk about him. Uh, I didn't know y'all were that great of friends and I knew he had a big love for music and, and I never knew the connection y'all had. It's kind of interesting looking, you know, knowing and learning that today, you know? Yeah, man, you, you know, that, that, when I start talking about Sam, you know, it, it hits a, a, a little bit different of a nerve. And, and you know, I, I want to start by saying that one of the songs on my album is called Sam. And it's, it is uh, a song to him. Um, I've got uh, some, some, you know, some heavy hitters involved with that song that I'm really, really excited to talk about, which I can't, I can't quite yes. say who's also a part of that song yet. Right. Uh, but, you know, me and Sam were, were very close. You know, we, we hosted a radio show together and, uh, you know, he was not only my best friend, 
my hero, my mentor, uh, you know, he's like my Superman. And so, you know, it was a scenario where um, he and I had been working on, cause I've got a bit of a film background. Um, and to me, he is such an amazing human being because he didn't know how awesome he was. And, and he was so humble. And so we were working on his documentary for about 10 years. And then, of course, you know, he passed away. And I'm honored to say that at, at his funeral, all the pallbearers were people in the music industry, you know, and then uh, myself, you know, I was, I was the only guy that was from racing that was, that was one of the pallbearers. And it was the most, uh, you know, I was so honored to to be able to carry my hero you know and lay that man to rest and so we were working diligently on his documentary uh, you mentioned scott borchetta we know he's going to be involved with it um and so we're we're pretty excited about we're pretty excited R really the toughest part of this whole documentary on the great sam bass is everybody knew sam and everybody wants to be a part of his documentary, it's just when you, when you got heavy hitters like that, uh, it's hard to get them, uh, you know, pinned down to get to get the interviews. I mean, you know, we we, we met with uh, Travis Tritt. Uh, it's been some months ago, but from the time it, the time that he agreed to be a part of the documentary, it took us six months to get it scheduled. So wow. it's it's one of those things that I'm honored to be doing this project. Um, on the life of Sam Bass. I'm honored that my music's going to be involved with it as, as is others. But this is, man, I tell you what, I, it would be easier to walk away from hitting the wall at Daytona than it would be to do this project because yeah. it is, it is not easy. It is not uh, easy for sure. Man, what an honor that is, uh, Chris. I, I, uh, you know, I think about Sam Bass and, and two people come to mind uh, you know, when I was obviously before I made it to NASCAR, I would go to a lot of NASCAR races and sneak in the garage. And, you know, obviously I idolize Sam Bass as well, uh, just because I'm everything, you know, anything that had to do with racing. If you went to a race shop, you went to somebody's house that had a cool man cave, they had Sam Bass paintings everywhere, you know. And uh, <laughs> right, right. And uh, but one of the things I remember uh most about sam is earnhardt and sam bass were they were close they were tight i saw them together a lot a lot you know and uh and uh, also you know i knew jeff gordon was really close with with sam bass and it seemed to me like after uh, we lost the great Dale Earnhardt it seemed like that sam bass and jeff gordon got even closer you know I didn't know Sam that well. Uh, you know, I, I knew him and met him and, and got closer to him as the years clicked off. But, well, you know, and to hear you talk about him, and that's one of the things I remember most about him, that what a great person he was. He was just phenomenal. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, 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 you know, I don't think he knew how awesome he was. And, and, and there's a whole lot yeah. more to Sam Bass than just Kyle Bush smashing his. <laughs> no doubt about <laughs> it, man. No doubt. You know. Yeah, man. I I I'll tell you this. I there was 
so many times, you know, I'd, I'd go because he worked 24 seven. He and, and, you know, he sat on his deathbed probably seven times uh, since I knew him. <clears throat> and and every one of them times, you know, he's he's in the hospital working on some art project. And I'm like, I'm like, Sam, put all that stuff down, pick up your guitar let's go, let's go play in some venues, you know? And, and I tell you, you know, the, the human beings, you know, in life, there's only a handful of human beings that you truly meet and you're like, this person's special, you know, very few people. And, and he was one of them to, for me, for me, he was. And, uh, you know, the, the guy just never met a stranger. He was always busy, but always had time for, for everybody. And it was, uh, Man, you know, just just honored to know the guy. Anybody who's ever met him, you know, has definitely met a man who uh, who had no idea how cool he was, for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, for you, Chris, I'm I'm curious. What of all the stories and all the cool things you got to do with Sam over the years? What's your favorite memory or favorite memories? If you have a top two or top three. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So so uh, so I'm sitting. I'm sitting over uh, at, at his studio. He's working on, um, it was a Tony Stewart picture, right? And he's, he's telling me about how he does the, the people in the stands. He's doing little dots. And he's sitting there, and I'm, I'm looking at the sky or something. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I remember one time uh, Brooks and Dunn called me, and they said <laughs> that they wanted to give they wanted to give Dale Earnhardt a, a Christmas present. And so they asked me if I'd, uh, you know, do him a guitar so that they could give to Dale Earnhardt. And he just nonchalantly just went about his business. I said, whoa, Sam, hold on. Hold, I don't know if I can cuss on here, so I'm not going to say. Oh, yeah, no, you can. You I, can. Said, I said, shut the fuck up, Sam. I said, you you just told that story the way that I tell people, like I'm going to the food line to go get eggs and a tomato <laughs> and, and a fucking loaf of bread, man. And I go, I go, dude, you have no idea how cool that story is. And, and like, uh, he, he just stopped because he's like, yeah, I guess that is pretty cool. I go, dude, you know, you got to tell your stories, man. And, and that was, so, you know, that moment, that moment stood out, um, man, that one, that one stood out big time. That one stood out big time. So, uh, so Dominic, has Brooks and Dunn ever called you? Buddy? <laughs> no, not, not at all. How about you, Dave? Tyler? <laughs> hey, no. no, please call me some man. That's amazing. You know what I mean? How about you, Tyler? No, no, I haven't had that, that interaction. Uh, now, now, I'm curious, Chris, from, from your perspective, it's, it's so interesting, you know, the, the, the ties between country music and NASCAR are, are so woven together, I think, in a lot of ways. You mentioned Sam Bass, Scott Bichetta, who's a NASCAR owner, might we add. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad Paisley, uh, Blake Shelton, big yeah. NASCAR guys. You, you go out about every NASCAR race in the country, what happens before the race? A country Absolutely. concert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it is so fascinating how, how those two – industries have been woven and collided together for such a long time absolutely man I'm, i mean look here, here here's the reality i mean you go back one step farther and, and david i know you can attest to this you know when we were young we were watching the general lee jump over 
uh, Roscoe's car. And that was the inspiration for, for it, it, at least for guys like me to get into NASCAR. And I remember the episode where Kel Yarbrough came on to the, the Dukes of Hazard and they're working on this special engine. But, but yeah, so country music has always, always had its ties to, to NASCAR. Hey, you know, a lot of people don't realize Marty Robbins, the great mm -hmm. Marty Robbins. Dude, I was fixing uh, to bring his name up. Absolutely. Country music, country music legend was also an NASCAR driver. You know, Kyle Petty falls into that category. Yeah. You know, great, great driver, uh, great musician. And then there's only one other guy that, that falls into that category. And I'll let you guess who that guy is. Man, I'm trying to figure that out. Right Tommy now. Regan? Mike, Mike Skinner. Uh, um, Jeff Bodine. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this guy right here. Okay, know. Chris Lafferty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Chris, right. yeah. Oh, that guy. Yeah. So, so Chris, man, when I was a year, when I was a just a, I remember uh, my dad was a crew chief for a guy named Ronnie Chumley and Tony Bittenhausen Jr. with the Vita Fresh Orange Juice Racing Team, and uh, my dad always remember him talking about man. The night before the race, Marty was racing in the race the next day, but he would have a concert for all of the racers and the crew members and, uh, you know, I guess some of the fans. And I remember that, my dad talking about that all the time. We still talk about that, you know, and, uh, and I just thought that was amazing. And I still like all my Marty Robbins songs because I listened to him when I was a kid because my dad loved Marty Robbins because of, you know, because he was an NASCAR driver and right. he had great music, you know, it was amazing. So a Absolutely, man. You know, and, and that was one of the things, that, again, I go back to, for me personally, had I made it as an A-lister, um, you know, I, I may not have the, the, the drive to do some of these extracurricular things. And so, you know, one of my dreams has always been to build a music tour um, that follows the NASCAR schedule so I can jump in a race car, uh, race the race, jump out, and go jump on stage somewhere, you know? Uh, and, and that that is, yeah. that's kind of, if I have a last hurrah, that's what it's going to be. Uh, but but I think I think ultimately to set that off, the, my my next big thing is going to be. I always wanted to sing the national anthem at a race that I was racing in. So that's uh, I might check that one off. My that's going to be cool. Well, let me tell you, you talk about a listers, okay? So uh, eighty nine point eighty nine plus is pretty damn good. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> it's that's right there, dude. So I don't know if you consider that self a lister. I kind of do. Eighty nine plus is pretty damn close, man. Hey man, you know I'll I'll take it. I, I know you know when when I when I leave this earth, I I don't know what happens. I know we're gonna have a bunch of memories and and uh, you know I I have been you know I've been on the high banks of Daytona to the short track at Martinsville. I've been on stage with some greats. I you know I I've got I've got uh, I'm happy, man. I'm definitely happy. So I got to ask you, Chris. I mean, we know your last truck start was 2013, but. What's the likelihood we see you suit up for some more truck races down there or any NASCAR races down there before it's all said and done? Well, man, I didn't realize it'd been that long. So, you know, so, so all, all joking aside, uh, I, I have been talking to a few people about 
making a return. Um, you know, here's the thing is, is we talked about, you know, earlier in this interview, when I was racing, I mean, it was, I can remember many a times where I'm strapping down into that race truck for qualifying. And I would think I would go, you know what, man, if I, I have to qualify in order to pay my mortgage. And so I, I don't want to go back to that. Um, so I feel like there's going to be a return of, of Chris Lafferty. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely not going to do it the way that the young and dumb Chris Lafferty did it. Uh, we're we're going to do it a little bit differently, you know? One thing, Chris, uh, I want to ask you before we uh, kind of move on here, uh, we were talking about the connections of the, the two industries and such. Uh, Team Trackhouse, led by Justin Marks, uh, you know, they're going to be moving their shop to Broadway there in uh, Nashville in the very near future. And We've seen, uh, you know, Tootsie on the car and such, the, the, the famous bar there in Broadway and, and all that. Uh, I, I love what, what they're doing with that group and Pitbull and such. I mean, uh, they're kind of becoming, I guess, Nashville's team of sorts, uh, you know, with, with their connections, it seems. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think we're in an era where, I mean, you got to do something. You got like anything to keep it interesting, anything to keep, you know, stirring the pot. I mean, you know, you look at guys like Rick Hendrick, you know, car dealerships, you know, so, so everybody else has to kind of look at what, what is their niche. And, and if, if Nashville for them, or, you know, you mentioned before, Scott Borchetta has, has his team. I mean, look, you know, I think it's expanding to people, and we're learning that people love this sport who, who we may not have thought did. Um, and I think it's a great thing, man. I, I definitely do. Um, and so, so I'm just looking, looking for, for that as well, finding that niche that, that can bring me back and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know? Well, man, we, uh, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued here by listening to you talk, you know, uh, same. A buddy of ours, Clay Greenfield, out of the Nashville area, truck racer. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, there's much more, but I didn't know you was interested in that. And uh, I'm, uh, I think we're going to be going, uh, working on your behalf, saying we can't get you back in a truck race somewhere. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take this one step farther. So, so here's my dream. Here's my dream. Okay. So. I want to put on it. Let, let's say it's Martinsville. I want okay. to put on a concert at Martinsville. I want to sing the national anthem. I want to <laughs> jump in my truck. I want to bend fenders with you, David. Then you and I, now I'm going to say we're going to get out and fight, but I already okay. know you can throw hands. So what's really going to happen is I'm going to get my ass kicked. Uh, and, and that, that's the ultimate dream. If, if I could pull that off, then, uh, you know, man, that, that would, I, I would have lived life, you know? Dude, I, I can't wait to hear you sing the national anthem, being, you know, and then jump in your freaking race truck and start to race. Hell, that's that's pretty exciting, man. I, that, I don't even know if that's ever been done. I think that'd be pretty awesome. And I don't think that's too far away in your near future, to be honest with you, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, I, I'm, I'm working on it. You know, uh, we're in a good place. Uh, you know, the, the, the music business is is – getting its wheels rolling and, and so uh man I, i'm blessed i'm starting to i'm starting to peek my eyes back at the racing and and you know 
people are, you know, kind of like you guys are, are um, you know, calling my phone and, and man, I can't help. Look, the, the racing addiction's still there, man. It, it's just, uh, you know, you guys keep calling and I'm going to have to come back. Hey, man, let me tell you, Kurt, let me change the subject real quick. So that, that bus you own that you're sitting in, you sold that thing one day. Hell, there's no telling what kind of racing team you could build on your own again. Because <laughs> well, I know be a nice, <laughs> that'd be a nice motor coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I I gotta tell you, uh, uh, there's actually I I don't know if you can see this, but I'm I'm sitting on one, and I've got I don't know if you can see another one <laughs> sitting wow. right right next to it. it. So, so we're, we've got, we got two buses, two buses at this venue. And, uh, Hey, look, I, I feel like I, I spent 20 years in racing, making all the mistakes, learning all the business mistakes, um, which I've made all of them. And, and now I feel like I understand business. I'm doing it for real. And so who knows? I, I might, uh, I might, uh, you know, start the old Lafferty Motorsports back. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. That's great. Absolutely. We will get to our news and notes segment in just one moment. But before we do, Ticket Spotter is the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway, where David won in 2004 driving for Spears Motorsports. They'll also be the presenting sponsor of the Cup Race at Worldwide Technology Raceway in June. Fans can get tickets to any type of event, including sports concerts and theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committed to helping those in need by donating $1 for every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to TicketSmarter.com to find tickets for upcoming events. That's TicketSmarter.com for more information there. Let's go ahead and get to our news and notes segment. Dominic Aragon is standing by. Dom, what do we got? Tyler, perhaps the biggest headline of the week to come out of NASCAR news this week is the fact that we're going to have an Earnhardt return to the driver's seat in the number three car. Richard Childress Racing announced on Tuesday, April 12th, Jeffrey Earnhardt will pilot the number three Xfinity Series ride at Talladega Super Speedway in just a couple short weeks. He's got sponsorship from Forever Lawn. He's going to be driving the three car at Talladega. It doesn't get more NASCAR and Earnhardt and Childress and, and throwback than that. David, uh, you know Jeff uh, Earnhardt well. Uh, good to see him uh, give a chance in that three car. Man, I'm, I'm excited for Jeffrey, you know, uh, uh, to have Jeffrey out there in a Childress RCR Childress race car uh, that has a big old number three on the door. I mean, I just think that, I mean, that's a recipe right there for success. So I'm excited for Jeffrey. He's been a great friend of mine. He's a great competitor. And I'm seeing, I'm excited to see him getting some great equipment, you know, and driving an RCR race car in Xfinity Series. Uh, he could definitely drive into victory lane at that race. Yeah, uh, Chris, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jeffrey at all? Oh, man, I, I, I got a, I got a, a story, a Jeffrey story. Well, man, I, I got talked into jumping off the stratosphere one year and, <laughs> and Jeffrey was involved with that. And uh, let, let me tell you how that story goes. Let me first start by saying that I'm terrified of heights. I'm not scared of anything, but I don't like heights. And so we're, we're at the stratosphere and, you know, doing like the autograph signing thing. And I see, I see this guy walking around to different drivers whispering in their ear. Right. And I'm going, man, what is this guy whispering about? And finally, this guy gets to me, he whispers in my ear and he says, Hey, Chris, do you want to jump off the stratosphere? 
Well, I thought that meant go have a drink called Jump Off the Stratosphere up in the tower. <laughs> I, I thought it was a drink. So I was like, well, hell yeah, I do. Let's go. <laughs> so we're, we're walking towards the tower, and it's me, Jeffrey, and uh, two of the female drivers that was racing at the time. And we go into this room where they're suiting everybody up in these, these little spacesuit things. And I'm like, holy crap, what, what did I sign up for? <laughs> Next thing I know, we're putting these harnesses on. They're, they got us 950 feet in the air, and you are literally jumping off the stratosphere. And I remember just cussing. I, I was like, damn it, Jeffrey, I can't believe, you know, now I'm stuck. I have to do this. I was trying to find any way I could to chicken out, but I, but I couldn't do it. And so, uh, uh, you know, so I jumped off. Uh, with Jeffrey, I think he went before me, but look, that dude's getting that opportunity. Um, Jeffrey is such a good human being. I love his dad to death. We've been friends for a long time. And I think, I think it, just like we talked about the right equipment, that dude's been around long enough. He's got the skill set, and, uh, that's, that's going to be a great opportunity for him. I, I definitely will be pulling for him. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, Dominic, uh, this weekend, Bristol, but not your typical Bristol race. They're uh, on dirt. What's the uh, format? How's everything going to go down this weekend? So it won't, you're right. It won't be your typical 500-lap Bristol race. But, and they put so much dirt on the surface. We've got the second year in a row of the Bristol dirt race. Joey Logano is the defending race winner and odds-on favorite for this weekend. we got Kyle Larson as the favorite heading into the race weekend to go and, and take the victory. They're in the number five car. Also, some other headlines surrounding that race. We've got Justin Allgaier driving the 77 car for Spire Motorsports. He'll make his first cup start of the year. And we have Josh Williams, a friend of the show and driver for BJ McLeod. He's going to be making his cup series debut in the 78. Oh, and by the way, Chase Elliott, your 2020 cup series champion, will be behind the wheel of the seven Spire truck. So a lot of moving parts this weekend at Bristol. Certainly going to be a lot of fun. On top of that, too, Joey Logano in the 54 truck, Austin Dillon in the 20, and Harrison Burton in the 17. All right. Uh, let's start with you, Chris. Uh, you're going to be watching the, uh, the, the dirt action at, at Bristol this weekend. What do you think of all of it? Man, I, I got to tell you something. I, it, Bristol is already Bristol. It's like, how do you take – a perfect meal and make it any better. It's like having a perfectly cooked filet. How do you make that any better? I mean, I think that's, you take Bristol and you put dirt on it. So, so yeah, um, I, when I stepped away from the sport, I didn't, I didn't watch any races for the longest time, but when you hear they put dirt on Bristol, I don't care who you are. That's a race you got to watch. So, so yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be watching that race. David, uh, you're, you're off this weekend, but I know you're going to be watching. You're, you're certainly intrigued with this, aren't you? Oh, no doubt about it. Just watching the dirt race at Bristol, you know, it's uh, – I, I was so intrigued last year, and I, I think NASCAR and everybody learned so much after having that first race at Bristol on dirt. And I think it's going to be a much better show. I think the track will be prepared better. The teams are prepared better. Um so I think it's going to even be a better show than what it was last year. The truck race was phenomenal. I was really uh, surprised by who won the cup race. We're seeing Joey Logano win a dirt uh, cup race. I would have never thought. I mean, Joey's obviously one of the best in the industry, but I didn't think that he would be the guy that we would see victorious in the first dirt race at Bristol. You know, I was talking about Kyle Larson or, or – 
or Chase Elliott, you know, somebody's got a lot of dirt experience. And uh, so, uh, man, I'm excited to see how it all goes down. I'm excited to have the weekend off uh, to celebrate Easter and to catch up on some stuff around my house and, and uh, at my race shop. Uh, but, man, I'm going to be glued to the television watching it. That's, that's going to be some good stuff, no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, real quick, let's go around the room. Uh, who are we uh, picking this weekend? Dominic, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I got to go on with Lozada's on favorite, too. I think Kyle Larson gets it done and gets win number two, 2022. I'll, I'll go with the easy pick. Give me Kyle Larson as well. Uh, David, <laughs> uh, Kyle Larson? Well, no, I'm going to have to go against, you know, uh, Ooh, okay. uh, you know, uh, obviously uh, he's the man on dirt. He's the man on anything. Whatever he's driving, he's a man. But, uh, I, uh, man, that's a tough one. I, I think I'm going to go back with Joey Logano. I mean, I didn't see that coming last year, but he did a phenomenal job. And uh, I, I think, you know, I, I will go with Joey Logano myself. I would also say don't rule out Christopher Bell as well. Uh, no. he, he's going to be one of the oh, names to watch as well, looking for his second career win. Uh, Chris, uh, who are you watching for this weekend? Man, I – Everybody said Kyle Larson, so I can't say Kyle Larson now, even <laughs> though I want to say Kyle Larson. Yeah. You know, then, then you know, David, you, you went with Logano. I mean, you know, could, could he back-to-back? -back? Yeah, I mean, that dude could totally back-to-back. -to -back. So, you know, I got to step back and go, all right, it's going to be one of the punk young kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which one, but it's going to be one that I go, dang, he, he's not even old enough to drive. You know, so yeah, the perspective changes once you get a little bit older. Um, you know, so I'm I'm just going to say one of the punk youngsters. Okay, so Dominic, write that down, the official pick for Chris. Punk, punk youngster. youngster. <laughs> All right, noted. Duly noted. All right. Well, at least he has about, you know, three quarters of the field cover. <laughs> based on the way this season has gone, that's a pretty good yeah, pick. Absolutely. So. We will get to our Ask David segment in just one moment before we do. Let's Go Racing with David Starr is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as a primary sponsor this year on David's 08 Ford Mustang, and we want to tell you a little bit about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Kempton World Truck Series race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com for more information. That's TicketSmarter.com. All right. Our uh, first question in the inbox, our Ask David segment, you can reach out to us each and every week by email, DavidStarPodcast at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash DavidStarPodcast, and on Twitter at StarPodcast. Our first question, this one is for Chris, and it comes from Marsha. Uh, Marsha wants to know, Chris, what is your wackiest David Starr story? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Man, there was this one time in band camp. Um, <laughs> like, like, uh, Dave, I, I don't know, like we were talking about this a little earlier. I don't know if I should repeat it. All I can say is my, my, whack, my wackiest David Starr story. That's, I just remember, uh, man, I just remember that we was uh, naked in a hot tub. Um, and um, 
I understand why David goes so fast, man. He's got he's got the whole package. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I remember. I remember, I remember absolutely. <laughs> oh man! Good I times. Mean. We've had some great times, haven't we, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> so David, Listen, man. David enjoyed it. You know what? We we were all enjoying it. It it was it was man stuff, man. It was it was yeah. man stuff. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> That's a great question, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, oh, uh, another question. This one comes from Steve. Steve wants to know this is for both of you guys. Uh, if Kyle Larson re, uh, restructured the prelude to the dream, uh, would he want to jump in and uh, participate? I think that's supposed to mean if Tony Stewart brought it back, would Kyle Larson race? Uh, I would think that Larson would. <laughs> if they bring back the trailer. That was a cool event back in the That world. was a great event, you know what I mean? And, hey, all, all, all the dirt racers want to race dirt, you know, uh, especially cool races like that. So <coughs> I think Christopher Bell, you know, Kyle Larson, anybody that has dirt experience that grew up on dirt, I mean, that's where you learn how to have great car control. Uh, you know, the play, the, that was just such an iconic race. And if they brought it back, definitely everybody would want to be part of that. Yeah, Chris, I would think that Larson and a number of guys would want to do that if they brought that back. You know, uh, Kyle Larson has won in everything except the tricycle. And so I, I think if, if you bring back the Prelude race, then Kyle Larson not only is standing in line to get into one of those cars, but they, they're probably going to put his name on the trophy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean – I, I was thinking about this, Dominic. Uh, SRX isn't going to Eldora this year, which I thought was a bit surprising. We're not having the prelude, not having a NASCAR race there. Uh, I'm going to miss it. We don't get any type of race, big race at, SR, at uh, Eldora this year. I know, especially with that, that Mud Summer Classic that was becoming an instant classic throughout the mid-2010s. Yeah, so, certainly disappointing to see that, but yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool. I mean, Tyler, Chris, I'm sure you guys would be willing to hop in one of those cars, too, if invited to the Prelude of the Dream, if it's resurrected. Shit, I'm disappointed that I'm not in Bristol running a truck. I mean, I think it'd be kind of <laughs> awesome to go jump in a do a truck race on dirt at Bristol Motor Speedway, man. That's, I think we're messing out here, Chris. Listen, man, I, I'm at the point where I don't care who calls me to drive what. The answer is yes. Look, David, if you <laughs> if you call me to drive your golf cart, I will drive your golf cart. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Ooh. Oh, gosh, that's great. Guys, uh, we are out of time this evening. It has been a pleasure bringing you this show tonight. It's been, I, I can honestly say, just a lot of fun uh, yeah, sitting here tonight between the four of us. Uh, Chris, before we go, where can people find you and keep up with all the uh, great stuff you're doing? And your, uh, your upcoming projects, man. Well, look, I just want to start by saying I'm the greatest that there ever was. I, I literally, literally <laughs> piss excellence. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, so man, you, you can find me all over the place. I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm traveling more than, than I stay at home. I'm, I'm in every state traveling, doing this music thing. 
Um, you can find me on all the social media platforms, you know, the Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but default, go to LaffertyMotorsports.net. Um, and, uh, man, it's, it's uh, I think it's there. I think it's still there. I haven't been on it in a while. <laughs> Very good. Awesome. Uh, Dominic, what's going on with you this week, man? Yeah, I'll be spending Easter kind of splitting it up this weekend. We're going to be spending some time with Felice's family up in Taos, and then we'll be spending Easter with my family in Grant. So it's going to be a, a really fun weekend and looking forward to, to seeing a lot of family and people I haven't seen in a while. How about you guys? It'll be good. Uh, I'm going to head uh, up to uh, Oklahoma this weekend to uh, see the family and celebrate Easter and uh, remember the, uh, the the real, you know, reason, uh, you know, yeah. our uh, – the resurrection of our Lord, you know, it's so, so always a, a special time and uh, certainly going to enjoy that. David, uh, what about you? Man, I'm just going to hang out. I got a couple more days working at my race at our Team Texas driving school race shop uh, and then uh, enjoy the holiday weekend with my family. Hopefully the Easter Bunny shows up here at my house and brings a lots of goodies for my boys and maybe even uh, uh, uh Maybe Vancey will be racing this little sprint car Saturday night. So uh, a lot of fun stuff coming up this weekend. We're going to tune in to uh, the races there at Bristol. And uh, just hopefully everybody has a wonderful, happy uh, holiday week, you know, Easter weekend. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, as always, uh, you guys can follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast. And you can also email us, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. And make sure to subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Hit that like button, subscribe, turn on the notifications as well, and leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. We have to head out to put the checkered flag out on this edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. We'll be back next week, better than ever. And we want to thank Chris for joining us. Uh, Great job, Chris. Welcome back anytime, man. We love to you again in the future. And uh, for Dominic Aragon, David Starr, Tyler Jones, our entire crew of Thanks so long. We'll see you next week.